<laughs> hey, motivators, Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is September 6, 2021. It's a Monday. It is Labor Day. Hats off to everyone who works hard for the money. Works hard for it, honey. They work hard for the money and you never treat her right. Now and then when I go to work and I wear a fucking mask. It really sucks. It sucks for worth of hearing people complain about it. I'll tell you what. I'm up in Quakertown here. Let me tell you, this is a fucking freak show in a way, my friends. There's some characters out yonder. I'm a true story, no bullshit on some of these stories now. Okay, so <clears throat> I go on a harbor freight on a little mission this afternoon. I knocked out some work around the house. I went to the gym with my son, made ourselves really swolled, swolled up like. Um, had a good workout, did some bicep curls and tricep extensions and skull crushers and concentration curls and uh, seated rows and you name it. And we got there a little bit late. They were closing for Labor Day at 1 p.m. Uh, credit to them, you know, taking good care of their employees, getting them home. Even though it's about hard work, so we celebrate our hard work for, I guess, by, I guess, uh, closing our doors for the day. Anyway, I'm no different. You know, fucking hours on Labor Day. That's my prerogative, so suck it. So here I go into Harbor Freight. And it's, you know, I was looking at generators because the generator that we use now probably a dozen times in serious storms. In the seven years that we've lived in Telford, Pennsylvania, we have used this friggin' generator. Store-bought, 8,500 watt from Harbor Freight. We've used this thing so many times. It's been wonderful. It's been essential. And I, you know, cleaned it up a few times. I gas it up. I got to change the oil. I, I probably should give it a tune-up. I've been meaning to pull that sucker on the back of my truck and drop it off at the small engine shop. Although I could probably do it to tune-up myself. Maybe I will. So go to Harbor Freight. I'm contemplating buying a brand new one, like a second one. I always say that, you know, it's a significant purchase, seven, eight hundred dollars, maybe a grand for a really good generator. Um, but of course we have the one that, that I currently have that is still running, still operational. So I go in there and Harbor Freight's great. You know, it's got all these everything, freaking wire brushes, painting supplies, very inexpensive stuff, decent quality. The generator, as stated, that I bought, it's run, it's it's freaking paid for itself many times over. Saved our basement from flooding, it kept the lights on, we got the dedicated circuit that runs the freaking thing, um, that links up to it. Yesterday I dragged my uh, generator shed over to its proper place by the house, it was towards the rear of the house. Now that fucker is right where it needs to be. I need to spruce it up, paint it up, you know, really take good care of it, clean it up a bit, and then store my generator in it. 
maybe I'll, I'll store the generator that is serviced so well inside there and I'll get a backup that I'll store in the garage just in the event just in case there's a possibility that one lets the us down maybe the other one will service so I didn't spring and buy the generator today you know I bought a bunch of other stuff some extension cords some wire brushes some little solar lights that I've been using outside spent maybe 70 bucks on various little gizmos a tape measure shit like that so stuff comes in handy I'm in there and I'm waiting in line the line I got a I got a spackle pail worth of sh- uh, full of shit now because I need that for a little concrete job I'm gonna do and then I get in line and it's like 10 people long you know it goes pretty quick though so there was a like they must be, know each other from around town or something like that a woman probably of 60. And then a, a man. Maybe, maybe they come from the same neighborhood. Maybe their kids know each other. Maybe they've known each other their entire lives, went to school together. And this kind of a tentative conversation. Conversation starts tentative and then builds up enthusiastically about, you know, the times in which we live. Yeah, it's really crazy right now. Yeah, it's been like that for a couple years now. Yeah, just, you know that song, American Pie? You know, bye-bye American Pie. What's that about? Just, you know, I feel like it's the American family. The woman says, she says, I feel like it's the American family that is just, you know, America's saying goodbye to it. It's falling apart. I was trying to get a sense of what, you know, what their points of view are. And slowly but surely came out as the, every story you go in now says masks strongly recommended even Harbor Freight does and they weren't wearing masks so I guess it's no big deal to them so that kind of delineates the side you're on right at least as we understand the science of COVID the the Delta variant and keeping on the lookout for the Mu variant and all that shit trying to get a sense of what and people are trying to understand everything if they can. And maybe some people, they just forgot. They, they don't want to understand anything anymore. They're just tired. They're fatigued. They don't want to think about it. They just want to like come to a conclusion and, you know, that's it. So the assertion was that the moral to the story of American Pie... is that the American family had died or things aren't what they used to be. And the woman goes on to talk about generations, two and three generations removed, what they are like today. And I can't even imagine how they feel about the things that they see. And, you know, this COVID, it's really people are reluctant to get together with one another. And I agree with all that, you know. more mentions of the, the economy and how one day the woman was adamant that one day the economy is just going to, that's going to be it, it's just going to, it's going to be a depression, it's going to be, I mean, it's not, it's not as though that's not, there's not a real potential for that, that all of a sudden 
the next big thing between climate, you know, issues and crazy storms and infectious disease that there could be real economic consequences, depression that's felt by Main Street in a way that it hasn't been in a very long time. There's almost no way that it couldn't, there couldn't be some sort of major issue here. I mean, we, then again, if they throw, who knows, if, they, if we throw everything we got at our domestic issues and try to you know, help however we can lead the world as we often have, economically, and maybe we can dig ourselves out of this hole. But it's just interesting, interesting observation. Listening to these people talk, seemed like they were pointing fingers, of course, at, at the current administration, which is very typical and not out of, out of order at all. Just there, it's almost like it's their job. It's the current administration, the Biden administration's job to take all this on the chin, and then they're going to fucking have to. Just the way it goes, the, the politicians, whether or not they created something or responded correctly or incorrectly, they're kind of, they inherit all this stuff, you know? It's theirs to accept the responsibility. I'm just looking at this woman. I mean, look, this, this man and woman talking about this in the line for to get their little tools or whatever. They're talking about, you know, how tragic all this is. And I feel like there's always a sense that you hear in somebody's conversation that they're upset about it and they wish that things weren't the way that they are and that people were not... Um, I don't know, it's almost like they, they can't quite put their finger on it, but they really want to blame the Republicans or the Democrats, you know what I mean? They really want to blame some kind of exterior, symbolic uh, entity. I think because it's an, the easiest thing to do. We say that we don't want the government to be intervening in our lives, but when some huge problems occur like this, we kind of, we really look to them as if we were the king's loyal subjects and, you know, some horrible thing occurs that we can't possibly, that some foreign force comes through and and takes our, you know, our, our crops and bullies us and you know, does horrible things to us, and we're looking for somebody to protect us. After all, we do all the right things. We're loyal members of society. We work. We pay taxes. And so that's what we do. There's a sense like when you can't solve your own problems, that you have to look to somebody bigger. Well, I hope the government's going to do something. I really think that they could do this. You know, there's people still out of work. There's still there's shortage of things. I, I really wish the government would do the right thing and, and snap their fingers and change all this. It's just so interesting to see it. It's almost like I'm, I'm lingering nearby. It's almost as if you're hovering above these people talking. And they just represent the average American 
trying to make sense of these problems that we have, but yet they don't really have all of the sense-making tools, and so they they just make assumptions and they vent. And it's just typical. It's interesting. It's typical. It's sad. It's tragic. But that's really what Main Street is doing right now. When you walk through the aisles and you see people wearing a mask or they're not wearing a mask, that really is, it's like evidence of the side that they're on. Like, I'm going to be cautious. The sign says that I should wear a mask. It's strongly recommended. And so, you know, yeah, we're a free nation and we we like to call our own shots, but we also, you know, we we should want to get together and do the right things and and do some sort of collective, get our hive mind working so that we're all, like, doing the right thing so we can get out of this thing. You know, it's like, you hear, uh, I said this before, and this guy's standing outside of a car dealership wearing a mask. I don't know that he needs to be doing that. But, um... We think about all these things that we overcame, you know? Go watch documentaries on the rise of, of America and as a suggested the Ken Burns series. He's got him about the Brooklyn Bridge. He's got him about baseball and jazz music. And these are all stories about people as much as they're about jazz, about cultures. What kind of music is the people making right now? What does it mean? What is its significance? What are people grooving to? What are they vibing to? What is in the air? And you just want all those kind of hard luck stories turned um, victories. You want to kind of listen and learn from that a little bit and say, okay, guys, we've been through this before. We really have you know, had challenges before and we came together. We need to come together now. Let's do it. You know, here's what, here's the reality. These are the facts of the matter. Let's just work together and, and just... I know the tendency is to point fingers and, and, you know, try to identify somebody who's wronged you or whatever. Second Amendment for Civil Society. What the hell are you guys doing? There's this place across from um, Lowe's here in Quakertown. Like a Jack Shack, it's like a freaking adult bookstore, and it's always right next door. It's got this thing. Somebody must own that land, and they put a bunch of pallets on there, and they sell like Trump T-shirts and all kinds of weird stuff out there. It said, "The world, we need a civil and civil amendment for the Second Amendment for civil something." I don't know what the fuck you're talking about? We already have a Second Amendment. People just make signs and hang them up. I'm angry. Second Amendment for civil society. So here I am at Lowe's. I got to duck in here, but you know, I just want to give you a quick 
little rundown of that. Here I am with this behind this nice, nice couple, real down home folks who have families, I'm sure, and have you know kids and lives in this in this town, Quakertown, Pennsylvania. And it's a good place. A lot of real good people here, and they remember different times and ponder their lives where. Uh, you know, their lives thus far in 60 years, what they've seen, they've never seen anything like this. And so this, they don't recognize it. They don't know how to deal with it. You know, it's like yesterday's syndrome. Everything is romance. It's like you go into an antique store right around the corner from this Lowe's. There's an antique shop. It's like you go to the antique shop and you see all these things that you recognize from when you were growing up and how, wow, look at that tape measure. You can, it's wooden and with metal edges, got hinges on it. You can fold it into a nice little package and it, ooh, that's only 10 bucks. I love that. And how about um, these little dolls over here? Look at those dolls are made out of porcelain or ceramic. And how about this toolbox? It's freaking rusty and old, but it still works. Not that plastic shit that falls apart. So when you walk into a, an antique store and you see all these yesteryear things, these old signs from gas stations and Coca-Cola steel tin signs and Norman Rockwell sort of shit, you just think about when you were growing up and how, how great of a place this was is, was back then, and then everything that happens thereafter, you always look at it through that lens. The antique lens of society. <laughs>